Listen, you smell something? Human emotions are materializing in the form of a viscous psychoreactive plasm with explosive supernormal potential. What a discovery, a psychoreactive substance. Do you know what this equipment is used for? Boggle or Super Mario Brothers? We'll have fun! Yeah! Yes, you're doing it. Really, quite good work there. My friend, don't be a jerk. We've got no choice. Call the Ghostbusters. Super Jackpot! Welcome to Extraplasm Podcast. It's the only podcast on the internet that would have hired Dougie Fresh as the official DJ of the Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed Media Party. I'm your host, Jim Maritato, aka Vink Maniac from Instagram and Twitter, and I'm excited to talk with you again for another week about Ghostbusters and Ghostbusting. This week, we're going to be joined by Matt Sanders for an interview about the Ghostbusters Containment Unit Autograph Group on Facebook, which he runs alongside his friend and collaborator, Tom Henry. Together, Matt and Tom work to create private signing opportunities with cast and crew from across the Ghostbusters projects over the years and provide an incredibly valuable resource for autograph collectors. And we'll hear a bit from Matt this week about what it's like to organize private autograph signings with some of the amazing people who've worked on Ghostbusters and its related projects, from some of the principal actors like Ernie Hudson to some of the behind-the-scenes folks like people like Billy Bryan uh, or Terry Harden and other folks who've been involved in uh, making Ghostbusters. We'll also hear a little bit about what it's like to go to people's homes and do autograph signings in the confines of their kitchen uh, and to receive all the items from a various number of Ghostbusters fans uh, and to have a bunch of collectibles arrive that you need to pack up and ship and have signed by other people and take care of and all the hard work that Matt and Tom are involved in. Uh, It's a really interesting conversation and I'm really excited to share it with you this week. Before we get into our conversation with Matt, though, we're going to touch base on a few Ghostbusters headlines, as we do every week. Still making headlines all across the country, the Ghostbusters are at it again. Today, the entire eastern seaboard is alive with talk of incidents of paranormal activity. On in topic today, ghosts and ghostbusting. Extra plasm, read all about it. Ghostbusters headlines coming at you. Our first story this week is going to be one of only a handful of stories, but it's also the biggest story, and it's one that's been sort of going on all week long, and it's that Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed is finally releasing for PC, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, and Xbox uh, on the 18th of October. The game has been out for a few people who've had review codes over the weekend, and the review embargo uh, was lifted on the 14th, I believe, of October, so there are now a lot of different reviews coming out of this game, and so far, they're all generally positive. Uh, I will admit that I've stayed away from most of the reviews and looked at only some scores. Uh, If you want to find out a lot about this game, you should go to Ghostbusters News, because uh, not only does Jason have a lot of coverage over there about the game and uh, what you, you know, what the gameplay is like, the customizations, etc. But he has been actually granted the ability to share the entire storyline uh, with all the cinematics edited together from Ilphonic, who made the game. Uh, and apparently Ilphonic felt that they knew at once the review embargo came down that uh, people would go and do the thing we you know do in the 21st century, which is that people go play a game and record it and put it on YouTube um, and share the entire thing. So uh, to sort of beat them to the punch, Ilphonic decided to release the cinematic coverage themselves and give it to Ghostbusters News to release officially. So if you're on the fence about about buying this game and you want to know what the story is first before you get into the gameplay or if you just know that you're not really a game player but you want to know what the story is uh it is out there i have not watched it i want to uh 
I want to experience the game that I paid for as I get it. So I won't be looking at Ghostbusters news uh, for this right now, to be honest. Um, not because I don't like Jason Fitzsimmons at Ghostbusters news. He does great work, but <laughs> just this is the thing I don't want spoiled. So if you want to see more of this, go ahead and check it out. Uh, the other thing to know is that there was a media party last weekend uh, for Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed where Jason Reitman, Gil Kennan, uh, McKenna Grace and Logan Kim were all on hand, as well as a variety of other people and the nice folks from Yes Have Some and AJ Quick from GB Fans were also there. Uh, if you want to see some cool video footage that's come out since our last episode here on Extraplasm, uh, you can go ahead and take a look at Yes Have Some's uh, YouTube channel where they've got a vlog posted of what it was like to be there and sort of breaking down what the night looked like. So it's a pretty cool little, it's not a very long video, but it's pretty cool and kind of gives you an overview of what their experience was like, who they interacted with and how their night went. So, um, but beyond that, Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed is definitely going to be like a mega hit because everybody is talking about it. And it's something that has been uh, highly awaited by the fandom for quite some time, especially the folks on PC who never got their multiplayer experience from the old video game. And for now, we're now we're going to finally get one. But one unfortunate thing is that for the folks who ordered the collector's edition of Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed, they're not going to be receiving that until now Halloween. Originally, they were supposed to be receiving it at the same time as the digital edition and the standard edition. But for whatever reason, some sort of glitch has happened in production that Ilphonic has announced uh, this week that they will be pushing back the shipping and that they will be rele I guess releasing on the 31st of October. So uh, you can get yourself that as a trick-or-treat gift, I guess. If you're if you didn't already pre-order it, you can still do that. Um, if you are getting the standard edition that doesn't have the Tobin Spirit Guide box and the pedestal stand that it goes with, then you should be still receiving your stuff on time. And if you're like me and you're playing on PC, then you don't even have a box. You just get digital downloads and that's life. Uh, and it'll apparently be on time and ready to go in two days. So I can't wait. I hope to see you online. We're going to hopefully do uh, some sort of event around this. So if you want to be involved, if you're interested in trying to do some sort of live play event, uh, reach out you know, the normal channels that I talk about all the time, Extraplasm on Instagram, Extraplasm on Twitter, and Podcast at gmail.com. That is a strange beep in the background. Not sure if you all will hear that. Our next story, uh, beyond the story about Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed this week, is that vacation rental uh, website Vacasa, or Vacasa, I'm not really sure how you say it, uh, they are running a Ghostbusters firehouse in Portland. Apparently, they will be allowing one group of up to five people to lease a Ghostbusters firehouse. And I say a Ghostbusters firehouse and not the Ghostbusters firehouse because it's in Portland. Uh, but it is a mock-up of the Ghostbusters firehouse that they have on a three-story building that has an Ecto-1 inside. It has Janine Melnitz's desk. Essentially, if it was in the Ghostbusters movie and it was in the firehouse, there's a version of it in this rental. Uh, but the way it's going to work is that the rental will go live on the 21st of October and then one lucky group of up to five people will be able to rent it for three days between the 28th of October and the 31st, meaning Halloween. Uh, so I thought that was kind of odd. You have to check out on Halloween. I'm like, I would want to check out on the first, stay there through the night, but you know, I'm not really sure how it works. Maybe you can, I don't know. But, uh, the point is that this is an opportunity. If you want to try and win a contest, to stay in a Ghostbusters firehouse in Portland, you can, uh, Vacasa, V-A-C-A-S-A -A -A is the website that you can check out about this. And they 
I, my understanding is that the Portland Ghostbusters were involved in helping to dress this and to make it as accurate as they could. Uh, they loaned some props to this uh, particular immersive production. So uh, something to check out. If nothing else, the Portland Ghostbusters who worked on this to help to put it together. Good job. It's a pretty cool thing to uh, put together in your own city and to be a part of. So uh, if there's anybody out there who wants to talk about that, um, feel free to holler and let me know. So um, beyond that, not a lot of other Ghostbusters news that's happening this week, uh, the, because most of it has really been about Spirits Unleashed and about the video game, and there's not a whole lot of other stuff going on. Although, uh, I will say that there is a, a quick story from Dish Networks that apparently they um, did a survey of all of their customers of some sort asking what their favorite Halloween movie was that was G or PG. And they determined that Ghostbusters was the number one fan favorite Halloween movie in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and New Hampshire. Um, I have to say as a former New Yorker who, you know, New York City is a character in Ghostbusters as far as I'm concerned. I can't believe that this movie is not the number one movie of New Yorkers at Halloween. Uh, granted, Ghostbusters is not a Halloween movie. It's it's a, it's a movie, and it's been appropriated as a Halloween movie, and maybe savvy New Yorkers understand that, and that's why they get it. But, I mean, what else would you pick? Like, The Great Pumpkin? I mean, what is it that you would ever even think even comes close? Because nothing in my mind does. But... Um, but anyway, if you live in one of those three states, then apparently you might be of sane mind. And if, if you're not, then I don't know, then make better choices. I, maybe it's the hocus pocus people out there who are messing things up. Um, but, and I'm really kidding, but this is not really a real news story. It's, it's a story, but it's definitely not really news. So finally, a couple of quick programming notes that I just wanted to uh, put out there and a couple shout outs. The programming note first is that you may have noticed that this week Extraplasm has a new logo and uh, some new branding. And that comes courtesy of Brendan Pierce of Baducci Studios, who did an amazing job of uh, providing the podcast with a new set of artwork, uh, which I cannot be more grateful for. Um, I, I had contacted Brendan to ask him about potentially doing a logo for the podcast. And the next thing I knew the next morning, he sent me five. Um, and they're all amazing works that, uh, that are, I really genuinely appreciate and that have really contribute to, uh, helping the podcast in terms of marketing and getting things set up so that I stop using things that I've just cobbled together in Photoshop by stealing them off the internet. Um, so for the first, you know, seven weeks, if you looked at some of that and went, Hey, aren't those Hasbro's mini puffs? Shh. But thank you, Brendan. Uh, thank you. And go and look at Baducci Studios and everything that Brendan makes because it's such amazing stuff. And if you haven't, if you've forgotten this piece, he is also the person collaborating with Tony Taylor of Tony Taylor Toys on the Crypt Creepers line. He is designing all the packaging. You can go and buy t-shirts of all of the awesome characters that uh, Brendan and Tony have been making toys of together. Uh, make sure you look at his stuff because Brendan's work is amazing and Baducci Studios uh, creations are just so wonderful and thank you so much uh for the the amazing contribution you gave to this podcast and helping to get our footing and get our name out there uh Beyond that, the other thing I want folks to know about is that if you are a fan of the CrossRip, which you probably are if you listen to this podcast, uh, 
Chris Stewart will be releasing his annual Halloween WGBI mix, uh, which for those of you who've heard it before is his annual like spooky Halloween music mix, which has become a tradition in my life. So I'm very excited. It's going to be out there. If you haven't heard it, you should check it out. Um, there's also a mini episode of the cross rip that came out this past week, uh, that was, did not get quite the promotion of a cross rip episode might usually. So I'm going to say it here so that people know it's out there. It is a quick 30, the 35 minute episode that's interviewing with Jen Fujikawa, who is the person who created all the recipes and did the vast majority of the food work, uh, on the ghostbusters official cookbook that's coming out on the 25th of October. If you haven't uh, pre-ordered that yet, you totally should. I was on the fence about this thing only because I'm a vegetarian and I've now found out as a result of listening to that crossroad episode that virtually like everything in the book can have like substitutions in it. And if they can't, then there's clear indications of like which things are safe for you and which ones are not easy to make. So, um, it sounds like an amazing, uh, book, not beyond just like being like, Hey, it's a ghostbusters product and I'm going to shill it. Cause I love ghostbusters. It sounds like a very cool thing that even if you were to have it as a coffee table book and flip through is going to have some very cool pictures and really cool, fun designs in terms of like the food that's in it and uh, the the work that Eric Burnham has done to write uh, content into it that fits alongside it to make it all sort of an in-universe narrative. So um, I'm really stoked about it. If you haven't checked this out, you know, not to sort of beat a dead horse because I think this is the second week I've talked about it in a row, uh, but the cookbook is coming out. Go get the cookbook. Uh, it's not even that expensive. And I mean, I don't know when you're listening to this, but if you're listening to this uh, during the week of, say, October 16th uh, forward, which is when this is releasing, then Target actually has a like a, a discount right now on books. So um, you can go get it there and you can save some money. So and with that, we're going to move out of our headline section and find out a little bit about what it's like to uh, run autograph collecting groups uh, and to provide autograph signing services for Ghostbusters fans. And the final thing before I jump into that is that you can pay attention to what we're talking about in the interview, the things that are coming up. You should know that uh, the containment unit is going to be having a signing with Bob Gunton, where they actually are taking orders for it now. And if you don't know who that is, that is the gentleman who played Dirt Farmer. You also know him from Shawshank Redemption, uh, as well as from Demolition Man, I believe, and definitely from Star Trek The Next Generation, as is talked about in this upcoming interview. Uh, and the other thing to know is that there is a signing coming up with Bren Matheny, who is the, um, Bren was the co concept artist for the Mini Puffs, and who it's talked about in this interview, has some really cool things that she's going to be working on to uh, not just do autographs and signings, but some custom artwork. So if you're into that kind of stuff, you're into concept art, and you want to get some like unique concept art from the concept artist who made the mini puffs pay close attention to the things going on in this interview. Um, thanks for listening. And, uh, we'll go ahead now and turn it on over to, uh, me and Matt having a chat that rhymed. Joining me now on the Extraplasm podcast is Matt Sanders of the Ghostbusters containment unit. We collect spores, molds, and Ghostbusters autographs group on Facebook how are you, Matt? I'm, I'm doing good, Jim. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming. Um, I was excited to have you here. And for those of you who are not sure what I'm talking about, when I'm like, there is a group that can that collects molds and spores. Uh, sometimes I like to slip up and say that you work with Tom Hardy on this. That's and I'm totally like, you cool. And Bane, you're you make me sound cooler, though. So that that works. <laughs> 
<laughs> Matt and Tom Henry, who is not available today. That's what you get. If you don't come on the podcast, I just call you the wrong name. Tom Henry and Matt run the Ghostbusters containment unit group on Facebook that uh, what they do as part of, of service to the community uh, and part of what they do is, you know, the hobby is collect autographs and they help to connect with people within our fandom with the folks whose autographs we want. They set up private signings. They engage all the different celebrities that you would have to travel to a convention to go see and talk with. And so Matt and Tom have provided a really amazing service since I've gotten to know them. Um, and not only that, but their forum is also a great place for you to get like outstanding information about like is this a legit autographer? Is this a reasonable dealer? There's just a really great community for autograph collectors in the Ghostbusters community. So thank you for coming today, Matt, to join us and talk about this. So no, I'm, I'm glad to be here. We haven't, Tom and I haven't podcasted. I think that's how you say it. Podcasted in a while. <laughs> so, uh, I'm excited to knock off some rust and, uh, and I should have say a conversation. That. You had, you did at one point have an active podcast talking about the process of this um, and what it, what it's like to run an autograph group and meet celebrities in their homes, perhaps, and have them sign things. And <laughs> we did, and you know, we had great ambitions to keep that thing going regularly, but life happens and things get crazy, and and we, we kind of just left it for you to crush it now. So uh, we, we're passing the baton. Podcasting is hard, but thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. I think I'm like, I will happily step in and help to, to let anybody who wants to talk about things. Somebody actually uh, made a comment to me earlier today. They were just like, hey, you're doing an awesome job. Keep lifting up the people in our community. And I was like, this guy gets it. <laughs> that's what you know, we're doing here. That's, like, <laughs> Tom and I were talking earlier and we were like, man, he's got so many more listeners than we've ever had. But then we're like, well, because he's doing it right. You're inviting the right people on here. And it's been great to hear everybody's uh, stories and history. And you are. You're highlighting some of the good people in the Ghostbusters community. Well, thank you. I'm trying. And you're one of them. So, you know, you're, you're checking your own box right now. Like, <laughs> now I'm blushing. You can't people can't see it, but I'm blushing right now. Yeah, it's not visual yet. Maybe someday we'll become a video podcast. But for now, we're just going to deal with audio. One medium at a time, everybody. Um, that's <laughs> So I was excited to have you on Matt because I, I, again, I've been a member of your community forum for a while. Um, and I've definitely found some cool autographs there. I have to admit, I'd like, I'm going to be a totally terrible person now and be like, I sure. appreciate everything you do. Also, I have yet to give you any of my money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but part of the reason why I've been waiting for the, some of the signings we're going to talk about, um, because of some of the stuff I already had, but I just really loved your group because like I, it's a group that people will come to. And they'll take some like random autograph they found on eBay and they'll say, what do you guys think of this? And it's like 25 people will pile on and be like, no, it's trash. Yeah. <laughs> or, yep. or, wow, that actually has a shot. Um, that might be something you should take a greater look at if you can. You know, so um, it's not just that you all like help to sell autographs to people, but that you're a community of insight, of knowledge, of, you know, uh, of help, which I think is great. So for sure, the, the autograph hobby is riddled with fakes. And if anybody can fake it, they will. And sometimes even some of the celebrities who are well-intended will do auto pens and all these other things that maybe we'll yeah. get into later. But uh, so, you know, we, we love, we want to help collectors collect the real legit stuff. We want to make sure that yeah. you're not getting ripped off. And that's part of the why we do the signings. And that's part of the reason why Tom and I are glad to give our opinion uh, and there are guys in the group who are far better at this than any of us. And, uh, but we just, we want to help each other, make sure you're getting the right real stuff. 
Yeah. And I think that's one of the coolest things about the group is it's like, you don't have, it doesn't have to be like, Hey, it's a group of people who are buying autographs here. It's like, Hey, this is a group of people who collect autographs, who share knowledge. And it's just super, super useful. So even if you're not the kind of person who has a ton of disposable income to buy a lot of autographs, if you have some and you're like, I wonder if these are legit. Cause I got like, it's a good place to go post and ask about. I for sure. just sidebar on this for a second. That was kind of funny. I got a, uh, like before Cobra Kai got big, I got an autograph, um, for now I'm going to totally blank on his name for Sensei John Kreese. Okay. Um, and I'm like, what is his name? And I can't remember right now. Um, it's going to come back to me later. Don't worry. Like 45 minutes from now in the podcast, I'm just going to scream out his name. Uh, but <laughs> we Martin Cove. have Martin. Thank you. Martin Cove. You pulled it. You got it. Thank you. Um, so Mark, I get this Martin Cove autograph in the mail, like 10 years ago, right? Shows up in the mail from a friend of mine in a frame. It's an eBay purchase. My friend who likes to call me when he's drunk and talk about karate kid, decided to get drunk and go on eBay and buy me a Martin Cove autograph and mail it to me was like, this is for you. The Cobra Kai never dies. Show no mercy and sends it to me. Um, and I'm like, whatever he found something on eBay. It's probably like just, you know, convention trash, whatever, who knows what this right. is. And it's be- it was before Cobra Kai. So I take this thing one day and I like post it in your group. And I was like, Hey, I know this isn't ghostbusters, but anybody, what do you think about this Martin Cove? And I have been the entire time been like, this thing is, it's been sitting like in a bookshelf because I've just considered it to be a non-real thing. And it's more like a gag gift than anything else that I can't get rid of for its sentimental value. And then like five or six people, including Tom, were like, I think this has a shot. (laughs) I think this is legit. And I was like, I have been abusing this Martin Cove autograph. So so now it's in the binder. (laughs) It's legit. I I don't know if you heard, but I just, I just got word that there is a underground market of fake Martin Coves. Like people are getting rich off forging his <laughs> autograph. I mean, you have, maybe this it was, was legit. Maybe it was worried. you who said this. <laughs> maybe it was you who said this in that time. One of you said this though and was like, no, there's probably not a huge underground market for Martin Cove. And I was like, <laughs> why not? Like maybe somebody knew the Cobra Kai was coming and they just sat down with a marker and they were like, Martin Cove. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> it's only like 10 letters. Like it's not hard. Like, <laughs> That's true. So, yeah, I will say that was very valuable because now I'm like, I actually have a Cobra Kai autograph before I totally considered it to be a not real thing. But it's been authenticated now as far as I'm concerned. Have you had the chance to meet him? (laughs) No, I haven't. It's you know, he's one of those guys who I've I've always said that if you get the chance to go to these conventions and you meet these villains, they are usually the nicest, sweetest people you ever meet. Yeah. And Marty Cove is one of those guys that is just so nice and so sweet. I've had the chance to meet him once and he's a true delight, a true delight. It's awesome. That's kind of like when I met William Atherton at FanTest. Yeah. I was like. He was so nice. And I said to him, I was like, you are the glue that like basically holds 80 cinema together. The evil glue. Like, yeah, he can't take a picture to save his life, but he is a nice guy. <laughs> Honestly, I'm convinced that he did it on purpose. I haven't really said this on this podcast yet, but I kind of believe that Walter Peck showed up in everybody's Ghostbusters fan fest photo on purpose. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he pecked but- us all, man. It definitely did. But if he's if he ever listens to this podcast, he's like, that's it. I'm never doing autographs with these guys. These guys <laughs> made fun of my pictures. That's it. Yeah. Uh, none of this is happening. So, well, I wanted to get into sort of start out and sort of talk to you about like, how did you get started in doing this? Like, I mean, obviously you were a fan hobbyist or Ghostbusters fan, but how did you and Tom sort of get started in doing an organized group? Um, you know, essentially acting and advocating on behalf of autograph fans in the fandom. 
Yeah, so Tom and I met uh, on a message board for a Star Wars autograph collecting. And so gotcha. we, we had met there. Um, and I, I can't remember I can't remember our first interaction, but I think it was probably Tom sharing. Um, I got this Ghostbusters autograph, and I just remember thinking, like, holy cow, that's awesome. And I, I've loved Ghostbusters since I was a kid. So I've, uh, I was born in 84, so kind of born into it. Had the suits, and being in Orlando, I was at the attraction at Universal all the time. Had the toys. The Ghostbusters came to my sixth birthday. Like, I, I, I lived it and breathed it. But I had never thought about collecting the autographs from it. And so at that point, Tom and I just started having a friendly relationship. And then uh, what ha- like then all of a sudden Facebook groups kind of exploded out of nowhere. Ah, and then yeah. this uh, autograph, this uh, Star Wars autograph collecting group or forum became a group on Facebook called Star Wars Autograph Universe. And then Tom and I have been in there for a long time. And then we just thought, you know what, like – why don't we start a Ghostbusters one? Maybe, maybe us and like 24 other people will join. It'll be great because uh, there's, especially after 2016, uh, there wasn't a lot of people excited about the Ghostbusters uh, franchise <laughs> and collecting it. So, I will say, I didn't have a lot of disposable income, say the early 2000s, as I really was looking at Mattel stuff coming out and all this Ghostbusters stuff. And then the 2016 movie happened, and then I watched like the resale market just go. And I went, it's time to buy. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically how I got like tons of my collection was waiting till after that movie came out. So I totally hear you because that was true. Like if you were not collecting deeply or anything at that point, there was this sort of dip in the market on all the stuff because of how that movie's uh, critical. We'll say it's critical, uh, not in critical. It's fan reaction was. I don't know. But sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it was divisive. And. Um, and, and at that time, the Ghostbusters community wasn't one that people were really proud to be part of because there was so much ugliness and, but that's besides the point. We just didn't think there'd be a lot of us. And so, um, we, we kind of start this thing and sure enough, like it's grown quite a bit more than we ever anticipated at the same time, not too far, not too long after we started this group, uh, the autograph collecting just kind of it boomed and this balloon uh and this bubble grew and people were collecting autographs like crazy and um and uh so it, it was it was a lot of fun it was great timing too because it, like six months after we started this thing we get uh someone from wizard world reach out reaches out to tom and says hey we're doing this thing at the sony lot would you guys come and set up a table and educate mm-hmm. people on Ghostbusters autographs? And we're like, heck yeah, we will. And I, you know, <laughs> and we at that point we thought we peaked, you know. Uh, but right. it, it's it's been it's just it's been a lot of fun since then. So we we kind of started things in 2019, and it's been fun to see where things have gone since then, and especially since uh, Afterlife and all the news of everything of what's to come. So, and it's it's kind of true. You think about autograph collecting as a whole and how it kind of took off a bit. At that point, like I can remember, I'm still amazed by this. Like I've, I've watched people do unboxings and things and, um, you know, doing opening card trading packs now at this point that mm-hmm. tops is selling where it's like, Hey, you're buying an autograph. It's somebody's, you don't know whose it is, but you're going to pay top dollar for it. And it's someone's autograph and it might be really awesome or it might be like, mm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. Like, but, but like you were all, we're starting your group kind of like, I think around 
like right before I remember a lot of that popping off and starting to take off. Like there was this sort of autographs are moving. We're moving almost from like trading cards and sort of lower end trading card collecting to higher end autograph collecting. And then like yep. the pandemic happened, you watched it all surge. Like everything was just like, are you bored? Are you sitting in your house? Do you have wax packs that you didn't open 20 years ago? Right. Yeah. Now's the time. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> so, um, but I, so I guess we should do this. Who are some of the folks who you have had private signings with so far? Um, and we're going to talk about the folks that are coming up for sure, but just to give folks a kind of an idea of the folks that you've interacted with. Man, let's see. Um, so we've had, I think, no, I know three signings with Ernie Hudson at this point. Um, we've had signings with Mark Brian Wilson, who was Slimer, um, mm -hmm. Billy Bryan, who was Stay Puffed, Robin Shelby, who was Slimer in Ghostbusters 2. Um, we had a signing with Kim Heron, who that, that was one that like, and I, I know we'll talk in a little bit about how these things come to happen, but man, that was like a white whale for me. Like I wanted to make mm -hmm. that one happen more than anything. Cause someone said it would not, it would never happen. So we tracked her down, but she was, uh, the dream ghost in, in Ghostbusters mm -hmm. one. Um, we've had signings with, uh, Will Dutchendorf, who was baby, one of the brothers who played baby Oscar. We've had. Mm -hmm. Um, signings with man, just like a lot of behind the scenes people. Like, like I'm now like thinking about the people who you haven't talked about yet. That I'm thinking of brute force. Yeah, oh, uh, Stephen Friedland, that's my man. Brute force. Yeah, we've we've <laughs> had him. We've had uh, um, Ray Aldo Estes, uh, mm -hmm. the the redhead extra at the end of the film. There, he he was a treat. Um, you know, we like. It's anybody who like I get one of those and I, I'm drawing a blank on who it is who posted all the time. But it was like that. Did you know that so and so was in Ghostbusters? And then yeah. immediately I go into search mode. I'm like, I got to have them. And you know what? It's funny because it's like the most <laughs> random people and everyone's like, yeah, I need them. I need them, too. I need them, too. Right. And so, um, well, I was like, I jokingly said something. There was a there was something teased in your group. Like, who are we getting for our next signing? And I was like, pencil neck cop, because I couldn't know his actual name, the police officer from yeah. the uh, containment unit scene. And then it was like, nope, that's not it. But then like a few months later, it was like, who do we get? Guess who we've got? And I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I mean, that was exciting to to be able to Joe Cirillo is his name. And uh, yeah. what a sweet guy. But um, and someone who looks fantastic for his age. But uh, we, we've worked with him. We've worked with Timothy Carhart, who was um, the stiff uh, in, mm -hmm. in the first one. Um, we've had Egon's lab assistant. Uh, she, mm -hmm. she, we had a signing with her. I mean, I forgot about that one. I remember that now. And I yeah. Paige yeah, Leong. True. I mean, it's like uh, then we've, you know, Steve Johnson, who helped bring all the ghosts to life in the first one. I mean, we've we've there's a lot of people. We've been very fortunate to secure a lot of signings with a lot of great people. Um, and there were, there were a couple that when Tom and I started this, we were both like, all right, here's – and I, I kind of mentioned Kim Heron being one of them. Um, and then the other one that he had that was like, we have to figure out how to get it. We never thought we'd get it, but uh, was Randy Cook. Randy Cook is okay. kind of an underground guy. He helped, he oversaw the ghost shop, but he's more famous for winning all of his awards with Lord of the Rings. Uh, but through a, a, a friend of the group, uh, Hector Cruz, we were able to line that up. And so we've been very fortunate for that with a lot of the people we try to get, we've been lucky. 
And so I, I can't tell you who right now, but there's another name that we have been working so hard to get. And we're the closest we've ever been. So I'm actually like, if you see me looking down, it's because I could literally be getting an email from them at any point confirming that this thing is happening. And so if I start like acting a fool, that's why. We're gotcha. that, clo- we're so that, we're suddenly, that close. If you suddenly throw down the headphones, run around the room. That, um, if you hear me, <laughs> football, like get yeah, high pitched and <laughs> shrieky, that's why. <laughs> Well, let's talk about who you do know is going to be coming up soon, because that's part of the reason I also wanted to have you on was to talk about the signings that are coming up. So um, who are, I know you already had a signing with Bob Gunton, right? Mm-hmm. But yep. and for those who are not sure, for those who are not familiar with who Bob Gunton is, Bob Gunton is uh, he was ghost dirt farmer. I always want to say ghost farmer, but dirt farmer, I think is his proper credit. Yep. Uh, and in Ghostbusters Afterlife. And I always remember him. Just every time I see him, I think of Captain Maxwell from Star Trek: The Next Generation because uh, he's okay. He's in that. I mean, you he, didn't uh, you didn't even go Demolition Man. You didn't go no, Shawshank. I, you no, went. I totally could go Shawshank. I could go with all these other things, but he is the a guest star in one episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation where uh, he is had he's he's been scarred by his battles with the Cardassians and goes rogue from Starfleet. And the only person who can uh, talk him off the ledge and sort of get him from going nuts is Miles O'Brien. And it's like Cole Meany's like first breakout episode in Star Trek, the next generation. And it has the two of them singing songs together and drinking. And I never <laughs> like, so I'm like, I want to send, I want to get that signing as well as uh, my dirt farmer. Cause I'm like, man, it's captain Maxwell. That's awesome. We, we so are offering died. a shot from Star Trek. So I mean, awesome. you just, you just send me, you send me the right number and I'll make it happen. <laughs> So, well, I've just I just blew the lead a little bit. Bob Gunton Bob is going to coming back for another signing with you all, right? Yeah, and so uh, that was one that we got really excited for because obviously, is it a spoiler alert? Do we need to give a warning at this point? But no, uh, no, so, not. I mean, if you if you're listening to this podcast and you have not watched Ghostbusters Afterlife, like. Uh, you, Why you, are you, you here? You, you talked very openly with Chris Stewart about this, and and, and yes. that's a whole other thing. Yes. You and I can talk there. about this off air, but um, <laughs> we, we can talk. We can have this conversation about <laughs> what happened to Egon. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> uh, but but obviously, you know, and I heard you say it too. But Egon, I think, is such a special character for so many people. Yeah, and Harold Ramis, even specifically. Um, and so Bob is the one who brings that character to life in the afterlife, uh, in, mm-hmm. in Ghostbusters afterlife. And, um, he is not, we we're still trying to figure this out. So if anyone has any leads, please let us know. He's not the one at the beginning of the film who holds the trap on the porch. He's not that guy. Gotcha. That is someone else that I am 99% sure is wearing prosthetics and makeup. Gotcha. Those pictures were posted and removed, and so I can't confirm or deny that. But uh, I know Bob wasn't that guy. Um, Tom and I had a lead on someone else that we attempted, and it wasn't that person either. So we're still trying to track that mystery person down. But he was. I had thought that person was whoever was credited as Elton in the uh, in the credits. But no, I, no, so. no. He just he apparently played a security guard at Walmart that was cut. So I, I mean, <laughs> right. I, I have no clue. It, it is a mystery person. But um, so but Bob is uh, Egon in ghost form. And it yeah. is it's surreal because we had the pleasure of meeting Bob at his home the first time. And I mean, the way they do it with the process, the, the, the digital makeup, like 
it is Bob's eyes. And as we're sitting there talking to him and looking in his eyes, it is the eyes of Egon. It is the eyes in the film and all those facial expressions. And he's just a really sweet man. And he's very proud of his work. And he was very honored to be able to carry that character forward into this film. Um, So we're really excited to offer him again. Uh, Tom and I talk about it all the time. Um, We will offer signings from a very selfish place because if we need them, (laughs) we're going to offer them. And uh, what happened is after our signing, there was this sizzle reel that came out with all these behind the scenes shots of specifically Bob with the dots all over his face. And we're like, yeah. oh my gosh, we ne- I, I need those signed. I need to get those signed. And so that's kind of what spurred <laughs> uh, this on again. We don't usually do signings this close to each other, but, um, right. uh, but we're excited to be able to offer Bob Gunton. Um, it's going to be a through the mail signing, which means we're sending everything to him, but, uh, we won't be there in person this time, but it's totally legit. We're totally excited to offer that. And it'll probably be the last one we offer with him. Um, I'm not going to say forever cause nothing is forever, but, uh, probably for a long time. For the immediate future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those, I, I often say this too, like this is not to be morbid. I actually said this about, uh, you know, another one of your signings is a couple weeks ago that, some of some of the folks who you might want to get signing things signed from are get older. Mm-hmm. They stop doing this. They get to a point where they're like, Hey, I don't need to keep doing this, uh, <clears throat> you know, for my income or I just can't because I have other stuff going on. And so they don't want to do it, you know? And it's, yep. I, so I always say like, it's, if you have the opportunity to talk, to get something from someone who's a little older in the community of artists and creators who we love, uh, you should jump on that sooner than later because that t- that clock only runs out. <laughs> yeah, right? it doesn't. It, the, you don't get any more time put back on that clock. Yeah, we're, um, we're certainly yeah. you're you're 100 right. I mean, we're finding that even people who historically have been very accessible, now that they're in their 70s, they mm-hmm. don't need the money, so they 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 value their privacy. They felt like they worked a long time and now they want to rest. And quite frankly, they deserve it. So I just I say sure. that to say, don't take any opportunity if you really want their autograph. Don't take it for granted. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, so I will admit, as much as I slept on the last Bob Gunton signing, I will not be on this one. And I will at some point figure out how to do this. But what I'm tra- what I want to do is I have an extra family that busts together pack from the Hasbro set. And I would like to have him sign one half of it and then keep the rest of it for the next 40 years while I chase tiny new girl Bill Murray around. Oh man. Um, (laughs) I mean, I, you made that comparison and you're not wrong. She, (laughs) she's been tough, but what we know is McKenna values the opportunity to meet her fans. And so we were very close to that happening. I think it will happen eventually. She wants to meet her fans. And so I'm, I'm holding out hope that maybe she will be easier than Bill Murray at some point. And I, I say that all playfully. I really, you know, I, I, they're kids. They, they should live their lives and they should do the things they're doing because, you know, like they don't need to be hounded by us middle-aged people who are like, will you sign this thing for me? It needs to go in and I need to put it in a detail for my house. I bought new cases from Ikea. I'm going to put you in there next to my action figure. Like, yeah, I could, I don't want to be that guy, you know? So, exactly. Um, but I, I I admit, like, it's kind of fun to make that comparison because she's highly in demand. She's she is. I really, mean, she works successful. She, and, she's you know, got yeah. a crazy work schedule. She's very busy. She's very successful. But again, the amount of signatures that I need from her is probably an unhealthy 
borderline <laughs> mental amount. So you know Tom and I are working as hard as we can to lock that in. Yeah. So don't you guys worry. <laughs> when the time and the opportunity presents itself, y'all n- will know and we'll make it happen. Yeah. I'm sure um, I, I, it would be kind of funny if you were like, just, you know, we're looking to get the entire cast of Ghostbusters after like, except, <laughs> except for McKenna, <laughs> just, just to annoy you. Like just everybody, if you're asking for this, we're never going to know. <laughs> right. <laughs> so Bob Gunton's coming up. Who else is coming up? And then we have uh, Bryn Matheny, who is the concept. She was one of the concept artists for Ghostbusters Afterlife. And definitely not a voiceover artist. Not a voiceover artist, <laughs> but a concept artist. Oops. <laughs> One word changes everything. Um, it does. But uh, she, we, we had an opportunity where she offered to do full sketches of some of the characters that she designed for the film for our group. It's awesome. I think it was limited to 20. They were beautiful, amazing <laughs> sketches. So we're really excited to not only be able to offer a signing, but she, uh, we have these cards, these custom cards that are made by our buddy Ray Gunn. And uh, they they will be our first ever sketch cards. So, oh, that's awesome! Uh, yeah, the, they're trading card sized, and they will uh, she will sketch, and each one will probably be different. Uh, yeah, but a, a mini puffed, so some kind of mini puffed scene on every card. And so we're really excited to offer those. That'll be a first sketch card we've ever done, and I have a feeling that since we only can do thirty. They will sell out quick, but uh, sure. The, the, I selfishly, I'm really excited to add that to my collection. That's really cool because it's not just like, hey, you got an autograph on an established print, but it's like you have a unique piece of artwork from mm-hmm. a person who was the concept artist who created those characters, you know, from scratch. So, right, um, yeah, it's very cool. That's very cool, very very neat. And if you're a ray, if you're a person who collects the ray gun cards, like now you got to have it. You can't have a complete set. Exactly. You have to fight those other 29 people. To yeah. And, and, <laughs> and this is going to open up opportunities, I think, for us to work with other artists who designed characters from the first couple films. And so I, I, I think, I can't speak definitively, but I think this will be the beginning of a, of a whole nother series of these cards. And so we're really excited. That's amazing. That would be awesome. Um, that would be really cool. Cause that, and that's kind of cool. Cause it's almost like watching, uh, the the autograph market as we know it and sort of the independent autograph scene take tips in a way almost from like the mainstream trading card market of like how do yep. you make value out of these cards by adding stuff but but in the smaller community so i like that that's really neat i like i'm like you've caught me off guard because i'm like wow i'm that's so cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and this was it's also exciting because if you have uh, a poster or a print she's also um willing to sketch on that as well so it's not just the cards but she'll do a quick remark uh or a sketch on on something like that too so this is definitely tom and i try not to hype our our, our signings because we hate it when other groups do that but for real this is a really <laughs> cool opportunity that as a fan and a collector i am geeking out hardcore don't worry. That's why this podcast exists. We provide the hype so you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So go get it. If you don't go get it, you're 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 fa- you're failing as a fan. What's wrong with you? <laughs> you are a fake fan if you don't get in on these signings. That's all I'm saying. My plan. I'm actually going to buy all thirty. Okay. Um, I'm going to buy them all at once, and then I'm going to put them all in a Walmart shopping cart. And take photos of them and post them to every Ghostbusters group I can find. There you go. And then make all the, all the autograph collectors go, <laughs> you're the reason I don't have one. Um, which is my favorite running joke of 
being a Ghostbusters fan and collector is if you want to make everybody sad, just put lots of things in a shopping cart. Take a picture. It will freak them out. <laughs> I saw that with marshmallows when the Stay Puft marshmallows came out. I was like, I've got a cart full of marshmallows. It's like, yeah, you got diabetes too. I got news for you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you have, you're probably going to have sugar shock later. Take care of yourself. Uh, anyway, this <laughs> is random side story, but, uh, so anybody else coming up you want to talk about? Well, I, I don't, Tom and I have not put this out there yet. Um, like we don't have my text message yet. So no. Well, <laughs> so speaking of Bryn, uh, one of the things that she, that again, I'm, I'm personally nerding out and excited about, but she, I, I think one of the things that she wants to offer is designing a custom poster for our group that she's going to totally oh, cool. design and do the art for and make available only exclusively to our group. So there's just, I think there's a lot of exciting things in store uh, for for fans through her. So um, those, those are the big things we got going on. I know we've got, uh, we've got people who are stressed about Slavica Jovan. Um, we are, we are stressed about Slavica Jovan in, in that we want to make the signing happen. We believe it will. Uh, it's just, we're waiting. We, we get this close and then all of a sudden something happens and the date has to change. And so, uh, we, we know it will happen. Um, and she's not been an easy one to nail pin down historically. So, um, this is one of those, like we were saying earlier, don't sleep on these things, especially as they get advanced in ages. And she doesn't need yeah. it. And so that's why she's been hard to get. Um, but we, we believe it's going to happen. It's just a matter of timing. Um, and then we've got uh, Terry Harden is the other one that's kind of still open out there. The Hurricane Ian messed that up. I was supposed to meet with Terry the same day that the hurricane came through. So gotcha. tentatively <clears throat> rescheduling and reworking that. But that will get done here in the next few weeks. Which we're all glad that you all came through the hurricane. Okay. So yes. Thank you. I yeah. said that off air, but we'll say it on air too. Cause it was wild. Like, That's harrowing. I'm a Florida boy, but I, I, we've never seen anything quite like that before. So yeah. Wild um, stuff. <clears throat> well, I, it's interesting. You talked about Slavica, which it's nice to have you on the podcast to correct all my pronunciation, by the way. I think I say it right. I don't know. <laughs> no, I think you do. I'm like Slavica Jovan. I don't know. Like, i I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm like, I don't know. Um, but I, I would say that is like, I've said this a while back, that that's a signing that if you had the opportunity to get it on to do it, because you don't know if you're going to get another one. And I met her at FanFest mm-hmm. very briefly. Like she had a table at FanFest for, as an add on autograph, as opposed to being part of the, the package of the class fives and class tens. Mm-hmm. And I it was kind of funny. I stood there in the autograph room there and I scanned the room and I was like, okay, uh, are you going to buy any autographs? And I saw, saw she was there and I was like, okay, you have to do this. Like, cause if you don't do this, like you'll, you'll be mad later. And then I got to her and I was terrified. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I got to her and it's like, Gozer the Gozerian is literally standing in front of me. I don't know what it was, but my inner four-year-old totally just locked up and was like, it's, uh. it's, it's very different <laughs> because it's not like, I mean, I know that she's in a suit, but her, the face, I mean, her eyes, yeah. like it's, it's her. And so it is. It's like yep. you are at the at Gozer's table, and uh, it, it kind of is. And she's a woman of few <laughs> words, so it just makes it even mm-hmm. that much more terrifying. Yeah, because she doesn't say a lot. She's totally, you know, totally nice mm-hmm. and totally pleasant, but does not speak very much and doesn't articulate as she's doing what she's doing. And it's kind of like being in the presence of 
you know, yeah. a, a deity that says very little, but when it says a lot, when it says it, it says a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just, so, um, which, you know, if you're a kind of person like me who's socially anxious in those kinds of contexts, an online uh, autograph group is an outstanding way to round up your collection. For real. <laughs> For real. Hey, listen, I, I get so starstruck and so stressed. And because at the end of it, like I, every time we go into one of these signings, I'm like, I want to leave here and I know we're going to be best friends. Like we're going to talk all the time. And so then I, then I start stressing. <laughs> like, oh, I don't want to mess it up. I can't mess it up. And hardly do we leave as best friends, but, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's very much business, <laughs> but, uh, it's, it is, it, it, I do stress myself out getting ready for it. So you're not having lunch with Ernie Hudson next week. Cause you guys are best friends now, now after three signings. Tom, or... <laughs> it's his story to tell, but he did. He did eat some avocado toast with Ernie Hudson this last time. So it's kind of a big deal. Was it avocado toast or was it Ghostbusters Ecto Green Cotto toast? <laughs> Man, I totally missed that opportunity. <laughs> I, you know, there's a Ghostbusters cookbook coming out this month. If there's not, an, if there's not a Slimer themed avocado dish it's in a, that that's book. That's a missed opportunity. Oh yeah, like there's got to be some key lime things in there for sure. There's got to be some avocado things in there. Um, there's maybe some pesto if you really want to stretch Ooh. it. Um, <laughs> okay, Mister Culinary over here, I didn't know. I mean, I do have sourdough starters named Tony and Nunzio Scaleri, um, <laughs> but like, <laughs> um, but yeah, I I think it's cool that you get to meet a lot of these people. Um, and interact with them in a way that even if it's business, like you kind of interact with them intimately, you get to know them a little bit. You have to trans transact, communi- you know, communications with them and figure things out, if not just with their people, but with them. And I, it's, I think about it that you have to schedule time. Mm-hmm. Like you have to schedule FaceTime and book with them. So, um, yeah, yeah. And, sorry, and that's, no, I was just going to say, and that's kind of going back to the fact that we have a podcast. The reason why we have the podcast is because I think even more than collecting autographs is Tom and I like to collect stories, especially on some of the men and women on the cast or the crew who they, they don't nearly get the recognition. In fact, in the first film, most of the people mm-hmm. who work behind the scenes were left out of the credits anyway. So, um, sure. so we, we love being able to share those stories. And so most of our interviews, if not all of them have an interview that we are doing with these people because we want to make sure these stories get told that they uh, the stories that we have when we're at the signing and that we're talking about that we are able to share them with everybody. And so that's the genesis there. But we we view ourselves not only just autograph collectors, but in some ways, autograph historians. So uh, Mm -hmm. those stories and those interactions and meeting these people, that that's what really gets us excited. So on those lines, Mm -hmm. um, who have you met that got you most excited? Man. Who, or I guess who, who have you done a signing? Because I mean, I shouldn't say who you met because that's like, hey, you may have met somebody, but you didn't do a signing with them. But yeah. who have you done a signing with that had you sort of most excited? That 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 is a great question. I think um, so meeting Ernie for the first time, because I mean, that's that's one of the four, you know, and so I was mm-hmm. nervous and excited and he, uh, super. he is a super nice guy. Um, meeting Dan was an experience. Uh, we haven't had a signing with Dan yet, but, mm-hmm. uh, but meeting him at FanFest, he came right up to our table that we had set up and he's like, Hey, uh, let's, let's commemorate this with a photo. And he, he asked to take a picture with us. <laughs> like what the heck? And so that, that was pretty awesome. But I think like, um, so Tom and I did this trip to LA 
is a couple months back and we had this is where we had our first signing with Bob Gunton. We had a signing with Steve Neal, who is mostly he's the guy mm-hmm. who made the terror dog hands and was one of the puppeteers that came through the chair and grabbed Sigourney. Uh, gotcha. We had a signing with Diana Hammond, who uh, helped build the Stay Puffed costume, and she pretty much ran Stay Puffed with Billy Bryan. Um, and so that that trip, and Rob Berman was the other one. Any any uh, character in Ghostbusters one that had foam or latex. He helped design. So that's yeah. pretty much all of them. Uh, and so, man, just <laughs> hearing their stories. And we also met with Mark Brian Wilson. Man, we did a lot just thinking back on that. But uh, those yeah. signings, I didn't I didn't have massive expectations. But I just remember each one, especially since they were mainly done in their homes. And seeing – like their homes are filled with their art and their work. And it's like going to a museum and uh, – <laughs> Seeing the projects that they're working on outside of Ghostbusters, it, it, I mean, it's mind-blowing how talented and creative yeah. these people are. And hearing the stories about uh, drug use and all this other stuff on set, like, man, it's uh, – it, 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 the 80s were a wild time in that Boss Films studio. So Yeah. Uh, I imagine that you've you've had some different conversations than most people would have sitting around an autograph table at a convention. Yeah, there's probably you know? a few things like you, that won't make it in the books that we've had conversations about. Yeah. Yeah. And they stay inside the vault, right? So, like, that's I'm not going to be like, tell me, what were they? What deep secrets do you own about um, Billy Bryan? Yeah, right. <laughs> just just that. <laughs> Although, I, I think that if you look at Billy Bryan's Instagram page, Billy Bryan... That's a lot to share. That guy <laughs> is an absolute trip. I mean, he yeah. again, another a guy who's so talented and creative when it comes to art and different kinds of art, not just mm-hmm. what he's been able to build, but with painting and even music. Just a wildly talented guy and still works today. Um, like we we've discovered that a lot of the costumes that you see on the show, the mass singer, he's building and yeah. designing. He worked on them, yeah. uh I, uh, was it Boba Fett? The series Boba Fett. Yeah, he helped uh, build the Sarlacc pit that Boba Fett comes That's out awesome. of. So I mean, the guy is still active, but yeah, he is. Uh, he's he's. Um, I don't mean this in a bad way, but he's kind of like a hippie. He just no worries, no cares. Yeah. Just kind of does his thing, marches to the beat of his own drum, and doesn't care what people think. And so he's he's a really fun guy to interact with. We had some. I had a fun interaction last week. We uh, a few of us went to the Ghostbusters movie party that happened at the Alamo Draft House here in, in around L.A. And um, we were sitting in the theater. And the nice part about a movie party at Alamo, if you've been to Alamo Draft House, you probably know their policy is usually if you talk, they throw you out. But during movie party night, they encourage you to shout out the lines of the movie and basically to Rocky Horror it up with whatever they're mm-hmm. showing. And as soon as he walked on screen as Stay Puffed, but he's behind the buildings, like two of us pointed at the screen. We're like, did you see the Michelin Man t-shirt? Because <laughs> it's the thing I didn't know for years until very recently is that when Billy Bryan is walking behind the buildings in the first shot of Stay Puffed, he's not wearing the full suit. He's just wearing the head mm-hmm. and he's wearing a Michelin Man t-shirt that, of course, on set, they were all like, Mr. Stay Puffed looks like the Michelin Man. So it's like this in-joke that he's wearing on camera like stayed hidden for years. It's and I so think meta. Alex Newborn is the person of our community who like kind of pointed this out to me. And I was like, it's so meta, but now I watch the movie and I'm like, that is such a Billy Bryan joke. 
Yeah. <laughs> like <it's> just <laughs> and he still has the shirt. Like, that's what's crazy. Yeah. And he's very proud of it. Um, yes. He sh- he shared pictures of it at one point, like last year, I think. Uh, and with I think Alex posted them. And I was like, this is wild. He still has this stupid shirt. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he, he had the so, foresight that, you know, a lot of people don't think to keep these things, but he did. And uh, yeah, he, he loves to show it off. But it's cool, though. Like you get to go into the sort of like with the private signing, you're going into people's homes. You're kind of seeing like, you know, I mean, not like come in my bedroom and see where I sleep at night. But like you you get a sense for like, who is this person beyond this person on screen? Like, how do they what's their aesthetic? Like, right. I don't know. You're not like digging in their fridge, but. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, no, no. You know? I mean, um, we you, you do a lot of the time when we do the private signings, we do it in their home. If they want us to, otherwise we'll come up with a, 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 a another place. Like one time we had mm-hmm. to rent a room at a hotel um, and stuff like that. So yeah. we do those things too. But um, it is, it's just, even, no matter where the signing is, it's usually sure. so relaxed and just so different than if you're waiting in line at a convention and you're rushing through and get very little FaceTime. And so it really is like selfishly. I, Tom and I, we love doing the signings because we get to have the stories and the conversations and get sure. to meet, uh, have those moments. And there are several people that, even though I joked about it earlier, that we are really good friends with. Like, um, I, right. I know this will sound like I'm name dropping, but like, it, it's so cool that I get a Christmas card from Slimer every year from Mark Brian Wilson. Like, right. just that's crazy. You know, uh, never would have thought mm-hmm. as a kid growing up that I would be on the phone call with. Uh, with with Zool, with Terry Harden, like phone friend, right. you know, like those those are the things that mm-hmm. we really cherish and we we really do love it. There are people that even if they're not your best friends, they're people you can walk up to it the next time you see them and they're like, "Hey, we had a positive relationship." Exactly. Right? Like I remember you, and that's cool. Like it's you get, and I think, I and mean, that's part of like I joke about this in the podcast, but it's like uh, part I started the podcast because I wanted to be able to talk about Ghostbusters but part of it too is it's like people said why don't you have a co-host and I talked to them about this but one of the like benefits is that I get to meet somebody new every week like even if it's somebody who I know in text I get to talk to somebody and have a meaningful conversation with them and that's different than the like hey we commented on each other's stuff for the last two years and you have good one-liners, right? Yeah. <laughs> which is nice. But I, I, it's been so, I think there's so much to that that is the connective tissue of fandom, right? Is that experience of meeting people. And it's kind of odd that like in a way for folks who are like paying for private signing, they lose a little bit of that experience because they're not going and doing the traveling and they're not going and making and standing in lines and going through the inconvenient part of it. But I think what's really cool about what you all offer is that, you know, it's never just like, hey, you can sit, we'll, we'll print out a photo and we'll send it to you, right? If, most of your signings, if you can facilitate it, you're like, what do you want signed that you have in your house that you would have carried to a convention? And what personalized message do you want to put on it? Mm-hmm. And not everybody's going to do it. Like there's some signers who are going to go, I don't want that hassle. Right. But the, for those who you're able to negotiate it with, it seems to go really well for folks and they're going to end up really happy. Like, and that's what I think is so cool is that your stories, your experiences are like directly parlayed into like the happiness of I don't know, hundreds of people in that forum who interact with you and not only watch your stories, but also then get a piece back from you and add it to their collection and feel like, you know, yeah, they had an experience, even if they weren't, weren't there. It's a weird thing to say, but it's like, you're providing a, almost a level of vicarious experience that they wouldn't have if they were just 
buying an autograph on eBay or something along those lines. For sure, know? for sure. And, it, you know, it's been cool over the years to see the stuff that people send in or the art that people make and the projects that they're working on. And, you know, we, we try we try to do exactly what they ask. I can tell you that sometimes it's some of the greatest stress that Tom and I have is we treat everyone's item like it was our own personal item. And so that, mm-hmm. that can be really stressful. And, um, but, and we try when we can to take pictures of people signing those personal items. So you, it's like, you may yeah. not have been there in person, but you're seeing it, right. it's getting done and you, you have the experience in the story. Cause that matters. It, it really yeah. does. And I think that's, what's cool is like you, you're trying to cultivate an experience. Mm-hmm. It's not just like, Hey, you got an autograph, but there was an autograph experience from the moment it was announced to people talking about it, to engaging in what are we going to like? And that's even when you all announce a signing, like the thing that follows is what are we going to get signed? Right? Like you can look in the comments of I've got this thing. I'm thinking about doing this. Somebody comes out and says, I have a new project idea. And it's like watching all of the folks in the forum, even just like come up with what they could get signed or what they could mail in sometimes is interesting. Yep. I want to talk about your process in a minute okay. about like how this all works, like how you put it together. But I want to ask this question because it just kind of popped in my brain as you were talking about it. And, and may, maybe you don't have to answer it if you don't want to, because it might tip your hand on somebody. But what's the what's the weirdest or most unique or most I don't want to say difficult, but like thing that had you most stressed that's been sent into you that like you had to worry that you. So pick one of those three, because if you're like, I don't want to see weird because somebody will be like. I'm good. They're going to know the minute I say those fishnet stockings I had to have signed for. Uh, <laughs> well, just kidding, we, so um, a couple things come to mind. Well, one didn't happen because um, we we didn't allow it. But um, obviously, with Kim Heron, the Dream Ghost, and being a playmate, mm-hmm. there were some yeah. weird things that people thought of. Some uncomfortable things that I'm like, ah, I don't feel comfortable doing that. Um, so you can only imagine what that might, could have been. Um, but then I'll tell you like the hands down, the most stressful thing that we've ever had to do. Uh, so you, you know, just the madness of fan fest and the crazy non-organized way that it all went down. And so Tom and I were offering to help people get things signed. Um, and I think we're probably one of the only people who had five, six, seven, eight tickets for different people. And we had sure. multiple people who sent us, um, oh man, I, I can't think of what the scale is, but the, the die cast large ectos. And okay. so we're waiting in line and it's pandemonium in that little autograph room. Cause they've got Ernie Hudson right next to William Atherton and, Ray Parker Jr. is supposed to be in the corner, but he's nowhere to be found. And like, mm-hmm. it's just this whole thing. And to like, to put a visual on this, if you were not at FanFest, by little room, we literally mean like, I I mean, this was, it was like two doctor's office lobbies that were glued together. Yeah. <laughs> like that's basically the best way I would describe and, it was two little lobby spaces with tables that went around the perimeter and then the artists and the signers were behind those tables and everyone was just kind of piled into a space in a glut. And to get to one signer on one side of this little lobby space to the other, you had to cross through the entire crowd of the glut, but also through three lines of people who had 
passes to go yeah. to any of these people. So if you just wanted to go see, you know, one of the Scolari brothers, <laughs> like who was not one of your people who you had a signing with as your tickets, you had to basically fight through the same crowd mm-hmm. of people who were in line to get the things they already paid for. It so sorry. It's always like, for those who didn't go to FanFest, I always yeah. like to try and create that visual. You know, I, you know so, yeah. and you talked about this a couple episodes ago, but like it was chaos. But if they announced another one, I'm there. Like I'm not, I'm not missing oh, out on it. In uh, yeah. yeah. hindsight, I'll, I'll like knowing how bad we could have taken advantage of the system, man. Like <laughs> it, it was like there, there was no checks and balances. I could have got a photo op with everyone and had it. You know, it's true. Anyhow, um, so yeah, so we had I don't know four or five of these diecast ectos that we're trying to stand in line with the two of us, and at the same time mm-hmm. have posters, and we're trying to shuffle things. And uh, I remember uh, there there was one that just we we were holding it and it rolled right out of our arms and it fell on the floor. The whole place went silent. And the funniest <laughs> thing was William Atherton goes, "Ooh," like he he could feel it for us. He's, Ooh. And uh, so, th- and now I'm imagining him standing next to Dave Coulier as he says it because they had a table together, <laughs> yeah, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so it was just, man, it was that that was the most. So even today, we will sometimes get those ectos still for signings, and we have PTSD. Uh, Your PTSD moment, yeah, the ecto that rolls away, it, it, yeah. yeah, for sure. And the idea of tr- packing these things and carrying the like it it, it stresses us out. I mean, I've, I have thought about this in the past just by the number of people I know who are like hardcore Funko Pop collectors mm-hmm. who, if their boxes ever get maligned, they're so upset. And then a lot of people do autographs on the boxes for the – I'll be honest. I've, I think you've seen my Funko Pop with all the signatures on it, which mm-hmm. is like the big tenant Stay Puffed. And I yep. had him sign like a baseball. And my only problem with him is – I can't do anything with him, right? Like he's done. If I take him out of the house, if I were trying to send him to you and something goes wrong, not that you would do anything wrong with him, but you you can't trust it. It's hard to trust the mail. I get it. Sure. So it's like, I know he's, unless I'm going to carry him somewhere like in a steel case that's surrounded by armed guards, I don't want him to leave the house because he's got so many names on him Mm -hmm. already. Right. But I've thought about this just from the number of people who I see do pop signings that even just getting a Funko pop in the mail from somebody has to create a little bit of anxiety of like, okay, this I got. Do I have hard cases for this, or did they send me one? Or yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that yeah. that is like everyone is so concerned about con- there, like there's condition sensitivity is so high with everyone, mm-hmm. and, and I get it. I get that we want, especially when you're spending a lot of money to get these things, but people don't realize that. So if you're sending something in, it's got to get through the mail to us and then we've got to take it out, repackage it so that we can fly to wherever we're going or send it to where it's got to go. Then it's got to get repackaged out of that. Like Mm -hmm. the, 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 the room and the margin for error is, is really high. And fortunately we've not had many issues, but yes, there will be. There's a there's a slight chipping in the corner of our Funko Pop box, and this is totally unacceptable. It's like, come on, guy! Like, uh, you know, it's it's hard. It does. It it causes Tom and I great stress. Well, it's funny because there's there's two things I'll say about this that made me think about this too. Was um, one is a while back I had seen that there was a whole bunch of afterlife autograph stuff on like heritage auctions, but almost all of it was like Carrie Coon smudge stuff. 
So it was like Funko Pop boxes. And it was not from anything you all did. It was like mm-hmm. somebody else had a signing at a convention or whatever. She signed a whole bunch of stuff. This was the stuff that had glitches. You know, mm-hmm. that she leaned on the signature with her hand afterwards or they smi- took two uh, t- took two photos and laid them on top of each other and they got smudged. Right. right? And it was all in heritage and just looking at like, here's a Funko Pop box that's dented in the top. Here's a Funko Pop box that's got a corner bend. And the signature is perfectly fine, right? But like the starting bids on these items were so incredibly low. And I was just laughing because I was like, this has everything to do with the need for this to be pristine, mm-hmm. right? Like I have to have the pristine fu- signed Funko Pop. And so the second portion of this I'll tell you is that you gave me like, you, you and Tom both kind of gave me the biggest hey, just let it go moment of 2022, I think, which was that I bought a Logan Kim autograph um, that I got on eBay at a reasonable price. It arrived. It had a bend in it. I was sitting there going, and getting all upset about the fact that I had gotten a really affordably priced Logan Kim autograph that was a very nice photo and a very nice autograph, but that had a minor bend in it. And I started posting it to the group and I was like, I can't believe this. This is so frustrating, blah, blah, blah. And the two of you were like, yeah, I mean, sometimes stuff gets dinged and stuff, but like, I don't think that's that bad. And like one of you was just like, is it an actual crease or is it just like kind of a curl? And I was like, I'm being an ass. <laughs> just like, I'm being an ass. I'm being an ass. Like these are two dudes who handle this stuff all the time. Right. Who are used to interacting with the things that go on with mailing and shipping autographs. Is the autograph fine? Yeah. Is the photo itself generally fine? Yeah. Are you going to put it in a top loader or are you going to put it or not a top loader? Don't keep it in that because that's a bad idea. But are you going to put it in a frame or are you going to put it in a way of keeping it safe for a long time? Yeah. Are you still going to be display it? Sure. Are you happy? Yes. Okay, cool. Like, why are you doing this to yourself? Why are you stealing your own joy? By going, it's not pristine enough. So yeah. that's part of what made me think about this. It's, it's that, it, it, I yeah. mean, that is, that's a big thing. I remember, so one of the things that I love to do, and uh, we'll, I'll do it from time to time, is we call it uh, TTM, autograph collecting, which TTM stands for through the mail. And so, you know, mm-hmm. autograph collecting, if you're paying conventions, it is exp- it can get expensive. But there are a lot of people who will sign through the mail, meaning you print a photo right. or you have something that you send them in the mail. You ha- you pay for return postage and they'll sign it and send it back. And so uh, Carrie Coon was one who uh, signed for me through the mail. The photo came back. It was beautiful. She signed it great. It's the, the shot of her in afterlife with uh, Paul Rudd and he's holding the map when he sees it. So the two of them yeah. are in the photo. I find out Paul Rudd is recording. Uh, he's he's filming a show, and uh, so I take the risk and I send that photo in the mail to Paul Rudd. He signs it, but the envelope gets back to me and it is bent in half, and I am I'm gutted. Beautiful, it's signed beautifully and it looks fine mm-hmm. in my Itoya, but man, it uh, or my my autograph, the book that I, the binder that I put it in. Uh, but yeah, there, there is a bend, but that's, that's the thing. Perfection in the autograph hobby. There's so many things that can go wrong from shipping or Mm -hmm. if you're at a convention and you accidentally rest your arm on a poster, it's going to flatten it and you're going to get a bend or paint pens. They explode from time to time, or sometimes, uh, autograph signers, they don't mean it, but they'll sign it and they'll accidentally smudge it or put their fingerprint in it. I mean, there's so Mm -hmm. many things that can go wrong and we're always chasing perfection and 
rarely do you get it. So there, there are things where we don't mean to be demeaning, but we're like, eh, it's not as bad as it could have been. Yeah, no, and I don't, I don't, I didn't take it as demeaning at all, you know, as much as I think it was, it's like, it's the same way that I think some people get freaked out about, you know, look, I, there's a lot you could say about Walmart and action figure collecting and how Walmart ships things and Walmart is certainly wrong. So this is not my attempt to defend Walmart, but like, <laughs> they do get creative. Know, they get, yeah, they do. They get some real interesting solutions going on over there in the shipping department <laughs> at their various uh, shipping facilities. Sometimes those things are, honestly, I think that their entire place is run by like the three bears. Like they have no ability to make Goldilocks hot, happy. The box is either too big, too small. It's never the right size. It yep. never has enough packaging in it. But like the point I'm getting is like you all make a solid effort to package your stuff well, to ship your stuff well, right? The person who's trying to ship things back to you ships things back and they have done their due diligence to do their best and it goes wrong. Like, Okay, it's the same way. It's like, are you going to lose your mind because your brand new Egon figure that you've wanted for 30 years and you could have paid $50 for one on eBay, you just got it for $7.99 in the mail and you're going to tear it open and put it on your desk and it's fine? <laughs> and it's just like, you could get totally upset about the card backs, you could, but at some point you're stealing your own joy. Mm -hmm. You're robbing yourself of your own ability to appreciate the thing you have. So um, so there's a little thank you in there for that, that little nugget, which is that y'all gave me a valuable, like, have your joy moment uh, that I was robbing from myself. Yeah. So thank you for that. Um, yeah. But so let's talk a bit about it. Like, what's the process like for you? Like, you don't have to get specific about, hey, this is how it went with this particular person, right? But like, how does the process of like landing a signing and then kind of marketing it out to folks and completing it go for you all? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, so um, man, it's different for every person. Um, usually you've got to find a point of contact. Uh, we've been blessed to build relationships starting at FanFest, actually, with an, uh, for a lot of our signings, we've been able to work with one agent who is just connected to many of them. And so nice. uh, we, we kind of connect with them or we try to research. Google is a great tool and try to figure out who, which agency can we reach out to for so-and-so and so, uh, and then Facebook for uh, like the Stephen Friedlands or uh, Brute Forces, they're they're active on Facebook, and sometimes you get lucky, they'll see your message and they'll respond. And um, so, you, we got to reach out. Um, Tom, it, it requires a good amount of math because Tom and I have to figure out, okay, realistically, how much is this autograph worth? And especially if it's someone who has never mm -hmm. signed one before, like brute force. Before our signing, he has never signed a Ghostbusters item before ever. Right. And um, so, like, how much is he worth? What would people spend? How much do we need to pay him? Like, we're doing all this math in our head. Usually what people don't understand, and this is like going back to the Slavica Jovan, the reason why, like, refunding money is tricky is because we have to guarantee that we're going to have them, um, like we have to guarantee a minimum amount of money or items. And and so there's a whole lot of math that, and a commitment on Tom and I's end to make things happen. And so a uh, little insider baseball. So if, for example, you see that I have 15, 20 items signed by Ernie Hudson, it probably means that we were a little light <laughs> on our minimum <laughs> and Tom and I are making up for it by getting 15 to 20 each of uh, some of these people to, right. to make the signing happen for, so it doesn't go to waste. And so, um, right. Like I'm, we're not trying to be a hero, but some people think, man, you're just, you're, how many autographs do you really need of that person? Well, it's like, we got to do whatever <laughs> we can to make these signings happen. 
So um, right, you made a commitment to people, and you got to make sure you exactly. Hit the number, so and so like with yeah. Slovitza, we had we had to we had to make a commitment. We're going to have we have to commit to X amount of items, and in her case, it's a weird one because we're not allowed to do more than a certain amount either, and so that's where. There's some right. back and forth. You have to negotiate terms, and um, some some of the signers will want extra for if it's a certain kind of item. So they'll sign for forty bucks. They'll sign a photograph, forty five for a pop. And so you know when we are charging extra for quotes and character names, like trust mm-hmm. me, that's not something that we're doing because we want to. It's it's right. all part of the so you have this dance and back in the back and forth, and then. Um, and that's fair. Like if you think about conventions, it's kind of the same mm-hmm. way, right? That if you were going to go to a convention and you just wanted to get an autograph, it costs this much. You want an autograph and a photo with a meet and greet, it costs this much. If you have a particular kind of item that's above this particular size, right, where the signature is going to be bigger than yep. they make. Yeah. So that's pretty, pretty standard. I think it's nice of you to say it's not because we're doing it to you. Right. And <laughs> But that, that's how the agents are going to organize this. And, and several yeah. of the people we've done signing with are, they sign at conventions. So they know they're not idiots. They know how it works. And in many right. cases, they know to check eBay. So, oh, how much is my autograph selling for? So it, it, there's there's been a few cases where um, like, We've we've asked someone how much do you want to get paid for your autograph? And like uh, you know, I think I'm, my autograph's worth five bucks. We're like no, you're worth more than that. And so we're, we you know we 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 try to we want to do them right too. Our goal is that with the signings, collectors win, the the signer wins, um, and and so we we want it to be a great experience for everybody. So we don't we don't want to really we don't want to screw anyone. Um, and right. Tom and I are not smart. Like we're not we don't make a lot of money on these signings at all. So. <laughs> Um, you're, you're so self don't, don't take this you're so self-deprecating sometimes we're not no, smart we're not like, yes you Just, are like what well, are you Tom talking about like, man, like, like we're doing this wrong we should be wealthy by now but you're smarter than the rest of us who can't figure out how to do this what are you talking about <laughs> well sometimes it's like are we're, we're are we really dumb enough that we're going to do this again like we want to get all these items together again and so that's that's the next next <laughs> part is um if we're able to have people send in items. I mean, that that's where the that's where the madness really begins. Is we have to start yeah. keeping track of every item that comes in, make sure it's marked, everyone's got their names on it. We have to start collecting it, putting it together. Um, and our houses, because we don't have offices or anything, so our <laughs> houses are filled with empty shipping boxes and stuff that people use. Your house. You suddenly get three new Ghostbusters collections every time you do a oh, sign. Oh man, I there there have been ten, there, like there have been times where I'm tempted. I'm like, this could get quote unquote lost in the mail, and I could have a really cool piece in my collection. Like we, so many times you would but, never. But you know, the, this hobby is all built on trust, and so that's why we always want to be yeah. open and honest. We would never do that because one stupid thing and 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 our. We're done. So we, we, we don't take people's trust lightly. So it is. It's just managing and keeping it all together and keeping it separated. And then we got to figure out how to get this stuff to the person. Um, and then the worst part of it all, I, I can tell you, is like the adrenaline is running <laughs> high after the signing and seeing everyone's pieces. And we get excited to take pictures of everyone's stuff and sending it to them so they can see how great yeah. it looks. But the shipping, return shipping is an absolute nightmare like it it's monotonous yeah. it's tedious there's a lot of back and forth because people pay us to get the stuff signed but then 
they take forever to get back to us about shipping and get and paying us for shipping, and then they want to complain that we don't do it fast enough. And it's, I mean, it, the shipping is that's the most annoying piece. That's fair. Yeah, I will admit that I, uh, I did I helped my brother with his eBay business for a while. Um, my brother on the side, his his side hustle has been thrifting, although he does a lot less of it now than he used to. And, uh, I got really good at shipping from mm-hmm. that, but it was one of those things that every time I had to ship something that was expensive, I would get very, nervous. Oh, it's, it, it, I mean, <laughs> like, it is. And I would overpack. So yeah. Much. Because like, we don't want it to but, be like, you can't, you can't prevent UPS from driving their truck over top of the box, but like we want to do everything we can to protect everyone's item. Yeah. And so there is like a great stress as I'm looking at the tracking numbers after we send them out to make sure that they get there safely and everything is where it's supposed to be in the form that it's supposed to be there. And so that, it, that the shipping is the worst piece. I will, this is my, my completely out of the blue plug for this podcast that you don't have to take for yourself, but I'm just going to say it cause I'm thinking about it. If you ship things a lot and you need to like save money, pirateship.com. Hey, I I'm I got that tab open right now. That place is the best. <laughs> they are awesome. <laughs> they have the best rates on shipping and they're multi-carrier and they just they're great. You can print your labels from home and everything mm-hmm. and it's just so stupid easy and then the other awesome tip for folks who've never had to do it is uh USPS pickup from your house. It's the bomb. See, I haven't done that yet. Leave five boxes. I haven't done that yet, (laughs) but I think that's my next step. Oh, it's great. I love it. For for a while, um, when I was helping him with his business and stuff, it was, I had, which is like, this is great. I'll just schedule this at like 11 o'clock at night. And then there they go. They're leaving. Goodbye. <laughs> so, someone else came to get them the next day. No gas, no, no stress, no wor- standing in line, no worrying about, uh, you know, is the package mailbox going to jam today mm. and uh, crush whatever I put inside of it at the post office and all the kinds of things I'm sure you worry about. Yeah, you're right about that. <laughs> so, but yeah, pirate ship. There you go. Random plug about shipping things because we're talking about mailing packages. So that's the most stressful part is you have to ship everything back. Um, how, when you say you have to share, how long does it take you to think you package up everything? Send, if you're doing one signing, is it like a week? Like, I mean, cause you're it's staggered, right? Cause yeah. you're getting payment on shipping. So people. the, the blessing I have in this, uh, relationship that Tom and I have together is, uh, he has most of the items. So I rarely have to do the shipping. Gotcha. But. Um, it, some of it varies. So if we're getting like one of the things that we offer is if you send us a poster and you want to get as many afterlife signers on it as possible, we'll have a signing and then we'll hold your poster. So you don't have to ship it back and forth every right. time. And so if we're doing a signing and, and it's a lot of getting multiple people, it's not as much, but if we, if we have a pretty decent signing, it can take two, three, sometimes four weeks uh, yeah. to, to get things to get them back, to get them separated, to get everything together, to reach out to each customer, to let them know how much shipping is going to cost. Then we have to wait for the payment. Once the payment's through, then we can get the label and we can put it in the mail. And so it's not uncommon to take a couple weeks. Yeah, that's that's part of why I ask because it's like I was thinking about this as you're talking about it. I'm like, well, when you buy something, you pay your money, the item shows up and we're in stock, even if it's a pre-order, and they ship it. Right. But it's like in your context, you've got this sort of second step of you've got to take each of these individual items. You've got to package them securely. 
Then you got to talk to people like, here's what it's going to cost to ship it back to you because this is what it costs to not just ship something in the mail, but to ship something in the mail safely and yep. securely, which is it, different. It, and it's funny. Uh, one of the guys in our group who's, uh, to me, he may not say it, but he's like an autograph legend. His name's Pete Bendu. But he, he the thing he says is everyone wants their item home and back so quickly so that they can just put it in a binder and never look at it again. I mean, that's that, but that's the reality <laughs> is people get so frustrated that's taking a couple of weeks and all they're going to do is throw it in a binder and they're not going to look at it for months. It's kind of true. Yeah, that's kind of true. I mean, I try to take mine out at least once a month and flip through them just to be like, do your due diligence, mm-hmm. spend time with your friends. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But like, yeah, no, it's kind of true. Like you get your stuff. Like I, I can't, I have stuff here that I have had shipped here in the last three weeks or four weeks that I got new and they're sitting in the boxes because I'm busy. Yeah. It's just like, I'll get to it on a random Saturday night after I crack open a beer and I go, today is the day that NECA Doc Brown is going to come out of his box. <laughs> um, but like, you know, it's like, yeah, um, I, it's kind of true. We do. So as the, if that's the stressful part mm-hmm. then, right? Like is the upshot of it seeing everybody get their stuff? I, I like, does that let it off the light bulb for you? And like kinda- that, that, that is, we love seeing the reactions of everyone getting their items like that is a really that is an exciting thing and we we do love it when people post their stuff in the group because we want we want them to share what they got with everybody else too and so there is there is a proud moment every time we see a a happy customer and um and sometimes they don't always post in the group it's in the email after we send them the pictures of their items but Mm -hmm. just to to know that we have collectors who are happy with their stuff it is it, it, it does make you proud. It gives you all the feels. I, um, I, this, I've now talked about this a bit in the last episode of the podcast, which if you haven't heard yet, it's the legends of the lost Hasbro toys podcast that I did, uh, for episode seven. And, uh, one of the things that gave me so much joy about doing that was that I was doing stuff like, okay, we're going to bring back some traps from Australia, um, get them here and then connect them with people who needed them. Because it was easier to be like, hey, let's do one order of this many traps from Australia on shipping than it would be for like each individual person to do international mm-hmm. shipping to Australia. So it was like, all right, let's just do like a few of these together, get them, bring them here, and then we'll get them to the folks who want them. And it was goofy as it sounds. I know I'm like, I'm not trying to like blow my own horn here, but watching somebody get their RC trap or their ectoplasm lab who got it from me and then post it mm-hmm. on the internet and be like, I have this thing and I'm so excited. And I would just kind of sit back and to myself and go, I did. Yeah. That. I did. It's that. Like, I played I a small feel part good in about that. this because I'm some, I made somebody else happy, yeah. you know? So, it, I mean, it is. It's, yeah. And I think to me, it's fun. When you, you offer services like this to help the community, there, there is, there is something special. And so unfortunately there are a lot of great yeah. people uh, like you and so many others who, are giving back to the community and um, and it, it does make it a special like some there are annoying people in the Ghostbusters world, but there are also some really good ones. <laughs> there's too. annoying people in every community. Yeah. I think we should always say that. Right. There's good people and there's annoying people and they are in all they kinds really of are. They really right? are. But like, there's a lot of yeah. good ones, too. So, um, yeah. And I think that the Ghostbusters community has a lot of really great people for sure. You know, that are willing to help each other out. You know, I mean, it's, and, and I mean that by like the folks. Like, can you go into a Ghostbusters Facebook group and find that somebody just joined and is like, "I have a firehouse for five dollars. Just send it to me." And they would never do it for five. That wouldn't be lucrative to rip you off. But you get my point. Like, <laughs> there's people out there who act shady, but 
you know, I think that when you see well-intentioned folks who have a good reputation and are trying to help others do stuff, it's, it feels mm-hmm. good. You know, I think it, it really is awesome. So I, the part for me, like when you're signing Zen, that's my fun part is when I watch everybody else start posting, look what I got, look what I'm putting it with. Look where I put it in my collection. I'm so stoked. And it's like, all right, cool. You get to see this thing get home, yeah. you know, and like find its place. So it's kind of neat. Yeah, for sure. But, for sure. And then there's so many times that we've done a signing and then I see how these things come out. I'm like, man, I should have done that. Ah, what was I thinking? I missed out on that. So. Okay. That's a good question. What's, um, what's a, what's your biggest signing regret? What do you wish you had signed and you didn't? I, I think some of my biggest regrets is not things. They're not things that I've had or that I've not been able to get yeah. signed. Although like right now I've got a ton of things that I need Dan Aykroyd on. I had a bunch of stuff yeah. that I need to bill on and I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to sell it. I, I don't need that stress in my life. But uh, I think some of my regrets are the things that I've sold. Uh, for some reason, yeah. every time I've sold Harold Ramis autograph, I always regret it. And I, at the time, I'm doing it because I'm using it to reinvest into something else that's pretty amazing and special. Sure. But there's every time I'm like, man, I shouldn't have sold that. I shouldn't have sold that. I ha- there was another time I did. I had a photo from Ghostbusters 1. It was behind the scenes. It was signed by Bill and it was signed by Dan. And Ivan was in the photo. And Tom and I had some really ambitious plans. And it looked favorable that we would have had a signing with Ivan. And um, and it, it, you know, obviously he passed. And so, obviously yeah, happen, and yeah. so it... Uh, and, and so it, it was unsigned. And so I, I regret that. Uh, another one, and Tom has it. I'm so jealous. Um, he, 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 was at, he was collecting Ghostbusters autographs long before I was. So he, he is the OG when it comes to Ghostbusters. No, no doubt about it. Um, but going into FanFest, because I had a pretty good lineup. And um, he had this amazing rooftop shot of Gozer and the terror dogs. And he had it signed. He got it signed by Slavitza. He had it signed by Tim Lawrence. He had it signed by all these people. And I want it so bad. I didn't think to print it. I didn't (laughs) think to do it. And then obviously Timothy Lawrence, uh, he's passed away as well. And um, I'm like, man, now I I can't get that. The the other thing is, is he got this awesome photo of the Scolari brothers. Because Jim Fye and Timothy mm-hmm. Lawrence were both there. And uh, I, I didn't do that either. I'm like, what is wrong with me? And so. That was kind of my, that was my fan fest moment where I almost walked out of that room. And I was like, you've spent a lot of money already. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe you shouldn't, you know, walk around this room and spend even more. And I started to leave the room and I went, when are you ever going to be in this room again? Like, when are, when will you ever be in this yeah. position to do bang, bang, bang from table to table, to table, to mm-hmm. table and get done what you want to get done right now. Like, are you out of your, like, you're yeah. crazy. If you don't do this right now, you'll be so mad at yourself later. Yep. You know, like, so I know, and I think it's hard. Like in the, you know, when you're budgeting in the moment, you're like, Jim, Jim was yeah. one of those that Tom and I leading up to fan fest. I'm, I'm not even kidding. Probably for a year we had been reaching out like Jim, Hey, would you be willing to sign even just a couple things for me or Tom? Sorry, I don't do autographs. I don't do autographs anymore. We're like, well, I mean, we see pictures on your Facebook of you signing autographs at a convention. Can you just, no, I'm sorry. I'm not doing that right now. And we're sort of like, 
dang. And so when he was announced for FanFest, we went nuts. And 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 Jim actually yeah. remembered us from our annoying Facebook messages. Um, <laughs> and it blows our mind. Like we're so happy that we had the thought like, hey, after the show, can we get a picture with Jim and Tim together? Like because how is the Scolari right. brothers not a photo op that they offered? Like – that's right. crazy. It's true. It's kind of nuts that they yeah. didn't do that. Yeah. I did. You know, I've, I've didn't even, you're right. Like I never thought that till you just said it, but it was totally should have been. Yeah. So like, that's yeah. one, honestly, like going back, talking about like things that I cherish in my collection. It, one of the things really is it's the picture with uh, Jim and Tim uh, from FanFest that we took right at the table. And um, it, like, I, I love it so much. That's awesome. Um, so, I guess on the con side, the mm-hmm. counter side to that is what's the dream signing that you would love to nail down. And you, and if you, if you can't talk, cause you know, you're working on one, you can't talk, yeah. talk about it. I totally get it. But um, so yeah. there, there's a couple, there, there are a couple that man, we, I would, I'll, I'll say this. There is not one person that we have not tried to get. So like, yeah, because we haven't offered them, it's not for lack of trying. We have offered right. an ungodly amount of money to Bill Murray. Like we're talking <laughs> thousands upon thousands of dollars for 30 minutes of Bill's time to sign. And like yeah. we we can't make it happen. Obviously, we would love to make that happen. Uh, I just don't know how realistic that will ever be. Um, but, right. so, but the ones that fall quasi in the world of reality is uh, we would love to do a signing with Rick Moranis. He's done one yeah. con appearance um, from what we're told. Didn't really love it. Um, and and mm-hmm. then obviously he had his issue in New York getting randomly sucker punched. Mm-hmm. And um, man, I, I hope that that I hope that he felt the love from the Ghostbusters fans and maybe somehow some way he'll come around to the idea of doing a signing. So that that's one that we're always every. Every six months to a year, we'll reach out and say, hey, any chance that Rick is open to a signing? So we're Mm -hmm. trying. And the other one is Sigourney. Like we would love to work with Sigourney. Um, She's another one who used to do conventions all the time. And I I don't know that she will never do one, but she's been so busy with work and filming 18 Avatar Mm -hmm. films that uh, she's just not able to do them. And so – I was shocked to hear her on w- on Mark Maron's WTF a few weeks ago, his podcast. Um, he's got this podcast called WTF where he does long form mm-hmm. interview show after like a 20 to 25 minute monologue, which I joked about and said, gee, I wonder where I got the idea for this <laughs> podcast from. Um, but uh, <laughs> I was stunned that like out of the blue, like, you know, he has all stand up comedians, different people who kind of come from his circle that are often coming in his, what he records in his garage, like literally he built a stu- sound studio in two different garages at this point. And when she was the guest on his show, there was like this thing that clicked in my brain where I was like, Sigourney Weaver is suddenly doing podcasts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, this is not cause I'm going to get her. Don't nobody be like, that wasn't like my ego being like, that's it. Yeah. This is where we're at. It's episode seven. Obviously it's Sigourney Weaver time. Like, it's just like, but it's, I looked at it and went, wow, that's a shift. Like that's a late night television host guest yeah, in my yeah. brain and not a long form podcast. Guest, she's she's a big sense. deal. And it, you know, yeah, totally. But to me, that's why I thought it was very interesting to see her uh, dabbling in a different space, you know, sort of in terms of engaging folks and fans 
there. And she didn't talk about Ghostbusters much on that. They talked a lot about mm. Alien though. Um, so if you're an Alien, I have fan, to check that out. I didn't. That, I didn't know, you know about that. That this is why I listen to yeah, you cool. so I can learn about these things. <laughs> I, you know, I'm going to start another podcast that's called the What Other Podcast Should You Be Listening To podcast. <laughs> Every week, I will give you a distillation of what other podcasts you don't know about. And you know what? It to. would be worth um, its weight in gold. I would love it. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, I, if you got a Sigourney signing, that would be amazing. Like, I, I, I would be so, I mean, obviously, if you got either of them, that would be amazing. If you get a Bill Murray signing. I'm going to have to like sell my car uh, to buy. To Man, uh, we, <laughs> we, we, we have, uh, Tom and I made a, a real serious play at Bill. We, our group, we sponsored a hole at his charity golf tournament. And yeah. that got us access to the after parties. And uh, I was one on one with Bill, I had $500 in my hand. I had a photo that was signed. It was just, uh, it was Ray, Egon, and Peter. It was in the hotel uh, right before Slimer, signed by Harold, signed by Dan. I just needed Bill, and he totally yeah. just stiffed me. Wouldn't even look at me. I'm like, but Bill, I, I've got cash. I'll pay you. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone says that. And he just kept walking. I mean, it was, I was so close and so discouraged. <laughs> so I sold the photo. I will say, if you have not heard it, there is an episode of the Containment Unit podcast that talks about there, Yeah, we we uh, we, <laughs> we did. We vented. Uh, we had a moment where we kind of talked through that whole adventure. And, you know, it's yeah. it, it, we were glad to support charity, but it was it, sure. it was at a huge personal cost to, to even get there. And it was cool because I've never been around Bill Murray before and there's Peter sure. Bankman right there. And he's dancing to this music. He's singing karaoke. Like he's, it's, it's everything you love about the <laughs> Bill Murray stories is happening. But right. I wanted that autograph so bad and we got stiffed. And then you hear these stories where it's like, he just walks up to some kid on the street yeah. and is like, here you At go. At a golf tournament. He signs three <laughs> things for this. I'm like, what? But you win some, you lose some. Like, that, that's you. the hard part with this hobby is, you, you know, you win some, you lose some. And you try to celebrate with everybody who, who wins. And uh, and you try not to take your losses too hard, too. Yeah. No, but I think, uh, you know, I, I think that you all have made a good run at, at that. And hopefully I want to see it pan out for you, Man. to be honest. Like, oh, we all want our Bill, Mar Bill Murray autog autograph. But if anybody deserves it, you know, I mean. We're trying. You all did. You you each deserve one. Well, thank um, you. But only one. You only get one. That's the Bill Murray rule. Um. <laughs> my fun. The the best is when Bill Murray was signing for donations to Puerto Rico, and that that video that came out yeah. a couple years ago, and someone didn't have but like three bucks. He's like, Nah, get a job, and I'll sign for you when you have more money. I, like that's why <laughs> I came ready with cash, but it wasn't. It wasn't the right. I don't. We don't yeah. think it was the right environment and the, the right moment yeah. so you, you just got you got to get lucky you just got to get lucky i've uh i have i'll tell you do you want to hear my my theory of how you get bill Murray uh, to sign your stuff because i've had this let whole me, let me get my notebook i'm gonna take right. notes here's here's what you got to do the first thing you have to do is you have to go find out where like pga golf tournaments are happening but you got to go to like a location that's somewhere like in the midwest or the, like the south like off the beaten path away from major cities where there's not a lot to do then you need to get a lot of your friends and family and you need to stage a fake wedding at a hotel. 
You set up the wedding and the reception at the hotel. You pretend there was a wedding and you make sure that Bill Murray's nearby. Bill Murray will appear. He will show up. He will walk into that room. He'll be like, hey, everybody. He will take a microphone and he will sing a song for folks and he'll sign anything he wants while he's there. Because if we know anything about Bill Murray after the last like 20 years of him going out and doing what he wants, it's that where you spot him most in the most affable terms is at someone else's wedding that he's You're right. (laughs) And it's always, it's got to be on his terms. Like he, he, you know, and so... So you just got to bait him. He's like, it's like, you got to be like the, um, the wild, the wily coyote and the roadrunner. You got to leave the bird seed out, but don't rely on the Acme products to get your autograph because so you won't. All you're saying <laughs> just, is for me to get an autograph. I have to fly to a tournament, rent out a hotel mm-hmm. banquet room, mm-hmm. stage a wedding. Mm-hmm. Like that's easy. Why mm-hmm. hasn't anybody done this it's easy. yet? It's, it's way easier than anything else that anyone's you tried. Right. You are right. <laughs> But this is my running joke. I'm like, this is how I'm going to get a Bill Murray autograph. I got news for you. I'm just going to set up a, a, a wedding and lure him in. And then once he's there, we're going to have an event. And the event is called Everyone Sign Your Bill Murray Photo. <laughs> There's one on every table, everyone. Yeah, I, it's foolproof. <laughs> foolproof. <laughs> I like it. I think it's going to work. Uh, anyone wants to get on board with this plan, Extraplasm on Instagram, Extraplasm on Twitter, and ExtraplasmPodcast at gmail.com. There you go. <laughs> We're going to partner with the containment unit. We're now creating a Bill Murray trap. Uh, <laughs> I love it. It's the Bill Murray autograph trap. I like it. We're going to do it. We're not really going to do it, but we're going to do that as much as we're going to do the private media event in my garage for Ghostbusters Spirits. Exactly. Um, <laughs> which I keep pretending we're going to do, but... Um, well, anything else you want to sort of throw out there and plug and let us know about that's coming up or anything else you want to add on before we wrap up things today, man, I'm, I'm trying to think, I mean, we're, I, this will sound so not fun, but you know, we're, we're trying to get the last couple things done for the year. Uh, we're going to probably mm-hmm. take the holidays off, but we do have some big plans for 2023. So make sure you guys stay tuned, uh, join the group and, and all that. And, uh, we've, we've got some, we've got some cool stuff ahead. And definitely I would say go head over. If you, if you're not, if you're not a member of the Facebook group, go take a look at it. I do have one question for you. If some people are not Mm -hmm. on Facebook and they wanted to engage you all, is there a way to do that? Yeah. It's not. So uh, a couple things, um, you can email us at ghostbustersautographs at gmail.com. So if you have any questions or anything like that, you can always email us, ghostbustersautographs at gmail.com. We, we do have an Instagram page. Um, it's, we, we, we're not always the best at updating things very often, but I do check the messages regularly. So you can always uh, – it's at the GB containment unit. Um, so if you find us on Instagram, you can interact with us there too. So um, I would say if you are on Facebook, go join this group right now because you will, if nothing else, even if you don't buy an autograph, to, you know, sometime soon, there's so much cool stuff. Like there's so many cool things that people get signed that you're like, whoa, I want that. But I don't, I don't have the money for that. But, but use, but <laughs> use that. caution like, <laughs> because this hobby is addicting. And the moment you get in, it will suck you in. So uh, yeah, be careful. True. Just do so with caution. I have my first Itoya because of because of this hobby. I, I didn't. I had to have that conversation. You sound a year like ago. a professional. Where do I put these? And an Itoya. Look I, at you, man. 
I only sound like one because I've been inside your group. (laughs) (laughs) This is what you can do. You can go from overnight guy who keeps Martin Cove in his drawer to (laughs) guy who has that didn't sound (laughs) not literally at all. (laughs) You know, don't keep literal Martin Cove in your drawer. That would be weird. Uh, but, you know, keeping your pictures of Martin Cove that you have signed that someone sent you, because everyone has those. Everyone has a signed Martin Cove that they've been sent by their friend who gets drunk and buys. I want that friend. <laughs> so if they want to if they want to have a few and then send me stuff from eBay, purchase, please, by all means. That's the that's the other way to get your Bill Murray. You have to make friends with a person who's just willing to get drunk and buy you. That's Bill it. Murray. <laughs> like, so, well, I appreciate you coming on the podcast joining us this week and really insightful about sort of the way that your process, the way it works and, um, and just getting to know a bit about kind of where the containment unit came from and what absolutely. Thanks for having us. I think it's a really, Uh, I I know, I know that, um, I would love to come back with the better half of the two, uh, with Tom, um, the better half, you're, you're the, you're the halves. Why do you, why does one, I'm the the sex appeal. He's the mastermind. (laughs) So, you know, uh, he's the one with the avocado toast. That's what I'm saying. That Uh. is what I'm saying. (laughs) We're going to save that when the next time I would, you would love to have you both on. Um, and we'll talk a bit about, Ernie, Ernie Hudson's avocado exactly. toast. So. I, I, would, I would love – how good was it? I don't – those are the things that people want to know. How much avocado is on that toast? We got to know. I want to I buy it. I'm on Ernie Hudson's avocado <laughs> toast. <laughs> Featured on Grace and Frankie. <laughs> Every time I love – I have my, – my podcast ends with a, a little – uh, Ernie Hudson moment. And I don't know if you've heard it, but the way the, the sign up for the podcast sign off, which in a few moments you'll hear it. If you're listening right now is Ernie Hudson says, try to have fun and always keep on busting. Right. Which became, I think is funny. It's the Ernie Hudson catch. Like that's not a phrase anybody mm-hmm. ever said, but it's the Ernie Hudson catchphrase of always keep on busting the, where that came from. That's stolen from a cameo. I, I, I was trying <laughs> to figure that out. My friend bought me a cameo for my 40th birthday when I was trapped in the house with COVID and I couldn't do anything. And I was like totally sad. And then wake up in the morning and I have Ernie Hudson on my phone like, Jim, how are you? It's Ernie Hudson from Grace and Frankie and Ghostbusters. I'm like, you don't need to say the rest of it, dude. I don't need like I'm well aware of what you're from, Ernie Hudson. I, I, um, I love that he led before. with Grace and Frankie. <laughs> From, from Oz, from Grace and Frankie. I was like, you don't need it. Just, you're in the flight suit. Just stop there. <laughs> and honestly, I don't even want to know that you're Ernie and Hudson. Just tell me you're Winston Zettimore. Like, that's it. Yes, just say hi. It's Winston. Uh, I know things are hard. New York is shut down too. But out there in the LA area, you're going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Great. But I will say that. Um, that was a very moving thing to happen. But it was also like this weird thing to receive this thing from Ernie Hudson doing his absolute best to be inspirational and uplifting in the like scariest time mm-hmm. ever via cameo. Right. So when you put a pin to put a sort of, you know, when you think about the impact of our community and stuff like autographs and all things that we love, like it's this connective tissue that keeps us feeling happy sure. and feeling like we're part of something. And so thank you for being out there and providing a little bit of that for everybody. Hey, else. We're, we, we're, we are awesome. very, um, we, we are blown away that we get this opportunity and we are so grateful for everybody who trusts us and uses us and uh, 
trust trust me, it is a pleasure and, an, and it's an honor. So thank you for, again, taking the time to have this conversation and, and thanks for doing what you do, man. Like seriously, um, it, I've almost caught up with all the podcasts. Um, that's why like <laughs> it, it's silly to me that I'm here after Chris Stewart and Craig, Uncle Craig, but uh, you know, this, this has been a really, it's been a really great thing for me and it's uh, levity in a tough season of my life. And so what you're doing is great too. So again, there's some really great people Thank in you. this community and what you do matters. So um, I'm glad that we're all in this together. Thanks so much, Matt. We'll all talk right, to you again soon. Take care. That's going to do it for Extra Plasm this week, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you uh, have anything you want to share with the podcast, feel free to reach out at Extraplasm on Instagram or Twitter or via Gmail at extraplasmpodcast at gmail.com. I appreciate all of your uh, support and all of the positive reviews that people are leaving on Apple Podcasts and other places. And one of those things that I always ask you each week is that if you can leave positive comments there, it really does help to uh, generate goodwill for the podcast and help to connect the show with people like you who are interested in the same kinds of things. So with that in mind, as Ernie Hudson would say, try to have fun and always keep on busting. Take care.